1: You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael.
2: All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Welcome back to West Texas, man
1: thanks, man. Well, you know it's all West Texas right yeah, you know if if my feet touch the ground there, it's West Texas. I can't believe I'm blanking on i need to I need to credit the singer songwriter who first said that, and I'm completely blanking on him. I follow him on Twitter. he's got excellent art he posts photography anyway I'm gonna look that up because it's gonna drive me nuts. How are you, man man? doing well uh
2: Interested since you were you were out of out of town, out of pocket for the game. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. So we're going to wrap up, give our final thoughts on the game against the Oklahoma State Cowboys. There won't be a preview this week since there's no game to preview, except for uh, getting healthy. Previewing the bye week, hoping to go one zero this week, or whatever nonsensical <laughs> coach speak. A lot of people or coaching staffs like to put out there. We will do a little bit more detailed look around the big 12. um, And kind of look at like one, the the schedule this this upcoming weekend, obviously, but kind of where, uh, where the teams are in the conference. uh, If we, if we know anything about the teams, like we're halfway through the season and it feels like, man, like there are some teams you are like, they are not performing the way you thought they would positively or negatively and yeah. even within like some of those you're like is that who they are now or is this like is this a moment in the season you know we'll talk yeah. about that um give a quick injury update uh, as at least as, as far as we know from from what we heard from from coach mcguire uh stats update look at the the, the remaining schedule there have been some big shifts in the FPI, notably Oklahoma. To start the season, you were given a 28% chance to win this game. After the blanking they took in Dallas, you're now a favorite to win this game. 53%. It's up from, like I said, 28 um, Kansas. I, they, they may be waiting on uh, Daniels to see the, the severity of his injury, but still a slight favorite there. Anyways, we'll talk about all that and more coming up. But if you want to keep up with us on Twitter, you can do that by following us at 23Personnel. You can follow me, Spencer, at Suck and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. You can also catch us Saturdays 10 to noon on Rob Rose College Tailgate Show. Even on the bye weeks, we'll be chopping up all things college football for two hours, getting you ready for the day. That is Talk 103.9 in Lubbock, kkam.com, and on the Talk 103.9 mobile app. And as always, today's episode of the 23 Personal Podcast, episode 303, brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports drink is a newly created internet community that tries to t- find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. The rising tide lifts all boats. So go check them out online or on social, go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sports drink spelled like sports drink, but without the vowels, all we ask is that you close door behind you. We're trying to not let the funk out.
1: Michael. Beautiful. You
2: know, you would think as many times as I'd done that, I'd had that memorized, but I don't. I have to read it every time.
1: Oh man, I would too. Not committed. As many times as if I've heard it, I'd still have to read it every time. And trying not to let the funk out is, it's harder to say than people realize. You you do an excellent job. I oh, appreciate it. Um, I There
2: were talks that we would get together with gambling gauchos during the bye week I didn't even think I'm, about it until like an hour ago. I was like, oh, hey, where are we supposed to get together this week for like a crossover? Rob even asked me like at the very end of the show or maybe it was after the show on Saturday, like, hey, wh- what are you guys doing th- this week for content? And I was like, man, uh, well, we'll have the the regular show on Tuesday, but there won't be a wrap-up show because there's no game to wrap up. And I I'd never even... Remembered back to our conversations that we had talked about doing a crossover because what we did last year uh, at the bye week went to four golf. The four of us had some tapas.
1: That's right. Hit some balls. Had a following. I mean, there were... There were people in the audience <laughs> there were There were people live. there. <laughs> I, bet you, I bet, bet you there'd be a few more this time. There'd, there'd, there'd be some picadors show up at the very least.
2: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But uh, did not... Did not put that on the calendar. We didn't put
1: Charlie anything. Stout. Charlie Stout is the name oh. of the singer songwriter. I could d- escaped it. me moments ago. Just moments earlier, I'm so bl- glad I came back. Completely interrupted you, but I had to I had to blurt that out before we moved on. It was killing me. Well, there you go, Charlie Stout.
2: There you go. You ready to talk about some football? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Let's do it, man.
1: Keeps it himself.
2: Made two guys miss. Touchdown. Two now in the end zone. Picked off. And it's picked off. Pick six.
1: Jeffers. Slager able to escape. And then picked off. Back to back. Turnovers. And Waters running the other way. Touchdown. Pick six. 70 yards. Marquise Waters. Play fake. Finds Tharp again. For his first collegiate touchdown. The deep ball down the middle. That's caught. Touchdown. Texas Tech. Miles Price.
2: 39 yards for the score. Actually, 30. Intercepted. Picked off at the 20 yard line. Smith to throw it. a man downfield. And Texas Tech finds the end zone. It's McLean Mannix. Brooks through the left side to the time thrown to the back of the end zone caught touchdown
1: tied at 38 3 seconds to go 62 yard try garabe has his foot into wow. it it may be long enough it is good
0: it is good it
2: All right. No, uh, no post intro thoughts besides I found something that we have to talk about in our, what do we learn? Um, it's a coming of age for us. Oh, millennials. Okay. Well, music related too. So we'll, we'll get there. It's, I just dropped it in the notes there. Okay.
1: I I will be checking into that because yeah, our, our, what we learned will tie together because it's both coming of age and music related there you go so there you go there's a little tease that's what they call in the business when in the biz yeah if,
2: if only you guys will hang on for the next 50 minutes you can find <laughs> out what we're talking about
1: yeah we're we're gonna find out too because i don't really know what i'm gonna go into but don't skip ahead live yeah. live this live with us all right don't <laughs> skip ahead <laughs> don't skip the
2: ads um all right so texas tech goes on the road still water Ultimately loses forty-one thirty-one to Oklahoma State. Depending on where where you got the line and where where it finished, it's about about where it finished between nine and eleven points. Um, I I just kind of lumped it together on the post game and it just said, hey, it was an Oklahoma State cover because I was operating off the nine and a half points I remember, but it was somewhere between nine and eleven. Um, funny how how accurate those numbers tend to be, like even with all the craziness that goes on that has gone on this season, Texas tech playing a third string quarterback. Yeah. True. Uh, not, not a true freshman, redshirt freshman, true road game on his first start. Uh, but man, I want to start there with Baron Morton, get your thoughts on how you saw his performance. Um, cause you watched the game last night. So Monday night. Yes. You probably had some, some inkling about how the game happened. So, with that context and not seeing it live, what were some of your thoughts and impressions of, of how Baron Morton played?
1: Uh, one, just the ability to go on the road in a place like that. Top 10 team, you know, you're getting the nod. You go out there. Uh, I mean, we can say it's because Smith is hurt. There's been things told a couple other ways. I, I, you know, the tech, staff neither confirmed nor denied a couple of things, but it doesn't matter. Morton won the starting job for this week. I thought he played great. Um, like you mentioned in the, in the post game reaction, I was looking for it and I saw it. Um, but I hated to see him get hobbled there, you know, kind of right before the second half. And so I was looking for it. I knew it was coming and then it was completely different. Um, you know what he was able to do with his feet the second half but that first half he was able to evade pressure he was able to roll out that sidearm he's got a he's got a wicked wicked side arm it's it's really nice just to see him flip that ball out um it may just be me making things up but it sure seems like he processes things a lot quicker once he gets the ball in his hands it looks like he's making his reads a little quicker he's He's just kind of quicker in general on his feet and he is definitely quicker in getting rid of the ball or, um, you know, throwing it away or coming up with a, a way to, to get it out of his hands to try to avoid a sack. He he did a pretty good job doing that. I mean, I think he still got sacked four times, but, um, you know, we, went we talked about it last week and I'll get into a little bit more about how effective that defensive front for Oklahoma state is, but, Morton was uh, really impressive, and, and I don't want to say I've been like a downer on the on the kid, but I just, I hadn't seen anything, you know, in his 17 previous throws or whatever that made me think, oh, this guy's got to start, you know, this, this guy has to start, uh, but I was really impressed with what he was able to do through 62 times, two touchdowns, you know, he had one interception that was a really bad throw at a bad time. Um, you know, gave Oklahoma State the ball right back after scoring when Tech was up for two scores up until uh, that, you know, Oklahoma State scored on that interception, but was just really impressed with what he was able to do
2: yeah, and and <laughs> a combination of of the coaching staff and how they they've kind of played the quarterback rotation and then Morton going out there and absolutely. Balling out, he, he puts he put me in a bad position, <laughs> <laughs> right? And and I I, I say that t- tongue in cheek. I'm I'm perfectly okay being wrong and all that kind of stuff because I'm you know one I'll, I I preface it with saying you know I I give deference and I, I to the guys that watch him practice that are evaluating him every day, um and I I was saying I, I trust their judgment. Um, so I I, I kind of hedged there and say like, hey, you know. Uh, they 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 were the ones that said this, and I I I believe in them, so I believe what they said. Um, but then he comes out and he's like, and he plays that way, and I was like, you know, it's possible that he's been working his way to this point, and it's not just like he's been here waiting. Um, so it's not like he was just sitting back there, like, hey, waiting for this type of game just to you know explode. Um, but man, he plays this way, and essentially plays, you know gets most of his stats in the first half. Um, and then you're just like, well, shoot. (laughs) Have have we had like, if we have first half healthy Baird Morton, do we win NC state? Do we beat Kansas state? What is, what is that? Like if we can project that forward, what does that look like for the rest of the year? Um, and man, like assuming that it was just more or less, uh, like a contusion or like a, a a bruise or something on his ankle. I haven't I haven't heard anything specific. So so let me know if you know something more than I do, Michael. But um, you know if he's able to come back and kind of rest throughout the week uh, and and get back on his feet uh, and is fully healthy, ready to go against West Virginia, then going you know through the rest of the season, man, it's hard not to feel supremely confident about the way the rest of the schedule sets up. Uh, not not worried about West Virginia. Uh, with the the the, the Jalen Daniels injury, I'm less worried about Kansas. DCU uh, is growing in concern for me. Yeah, um, I hate to admit it, but yeah, I'm with you. Iowa State has no offense, but they've got a really good defense, and it's like, you know, I don't know how that's going to go. Baylor. I mean, if we're getting a good Baron Morton, like that game could be really fun and entertaining oklahoma like who the heck are they like are they the 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 team that beat nebraska by by three scores or are they the team that got blanked by
1: texas by seven at a neutral neutral site game
2: yeah i got absolutely embarrassed like are are they you know by the time that we get them at the end of the season they would have already played um bedlam like there's nothing left for them to play for like they're out of the playoff contention they're out of big 12 title contention they've already faced their their other big name rival are, are, are we going to be a blip on their radar at all so I have no idea what kind of team you're going to get against Oklahoma in six weeks anyways um I just I, I hate I absolutely hate that like that that he Morton got hurt yes. um because first half to second half, so some of it is absolutely defensive ju- adjustments on, on Oklahoma State. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take that away from them. Some of it was he just wasn't physically able to do what he was doing in the first half. Um, you know, first half you put up 24 points, second half seven. First half 350 offensive yards, second half 180. Uh, your rushing uh, yards per carry went down from 5.5 to 1.2. Part of that was Baron Morton. Um, your rushing yards went from 127 to 21. Uh, you threw 15 fewer times, but you went from 220 passing yards the first half to 159. Um, your third down conversion percentage went from 46% in the first half to 22 in the second half. You were three for three on fourth downs in the first half, one for four in the second. Like Everything literally got just broken down in the second half offensively for you for Texas Tech. Um, and you're just like, man, I, again, I know some of that was defensive adjustments, but I can't help but think a lot of that had to do with M- Baron Morton, not being physically a hundred percent in the second half as he was in the first half. I, I'm choosing to believe I'm putting on my, my, my red glasses here, my scarlet colored glasses. If he was healthy, this game continues. in the, in the, the way it was going the first half and Tech tech wins. Um, maybe by seven to 10 points. Uh, you, even with his, his health concerns or his health issues, you had an eight point lead late. Like you were in position yeah. to win the game. Even like I said, considering that he was hurt. Uh, that's just how good the team was around him. Um, so again, hoping that it's just, it was just a minor thing. He's able to get back from it. um, cuz i mean we heard that shuck won't officially be evaluated until monday so the week that uh, the game week for west virginia uh, and then if he's cleared then he can start practicing so i would i wouldn't even consider that he's that he'd be ready to come back for west virginia um i think a lot of what we saw from, from Donovan Smith and I, and I I get we've had, a, we have a whole lot larger sample size of Donovan Smith. So we've got his great games, you know, Iowa state, Mississippi state last year. But then we see a lot of the, the floor type plays where just backbreaking mistakes. The, all the pick sixes he's thrown, um, all the sacks he's taken, like his QBR being that low is because of all the sacks and because of all the, all the interceptions and, and, you know big impactful interceptions with the big sixes and you didn't get that same low level of play from morton so like you've got the one game sample size of morton and it's really really good and you got the bigger sample size of morton and you can kind of talk yourself into well like oh he's obviously a lot better than donovan smith um i just i don't one i want to give some some I want to be fair to Donovan Smith is like, well, we haven't seen a bad game from Baron Morton because he just hasn't had the number of opportunities Donovan Smith has as a redshirt freshman. He's likely to have bad
1: performances. Um, yeah, yeah, and and one thing I wanted to throw out there too, just to to give Morton a little bit more praise. Smith, we noticed a, a few games back; uh, they either he just quit trying to throw to his. Wide receivers, or he couldn't connect with them, or whatever was happening, nothing was working on the outside. But Jerron Bradley had eight catches on Saturday. Trey Cleveland had nine, I think. Mm-hmm. And Bradley was shut out against Kansas State. He had two catches against Texas, two against NC State. He had twelve coming into those games, so he he was, you know they were able to find him against Murray State and Houston. Which, but even, you know, revisionist history, Houston's not that great of a football team, but they could not get the ball to him for the entire month of September, just about until Baron Morton came in in Stillwater and was able to hit him eight times for 119 yards, including that very first touchdown, which was just perfectly placed. Yeah, couldn't and, believe it.
2: <laughs> and we, 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 the way you were saying that—that that, that, you know, Bradley and Cleveland were shut down between the two of them, they were targeted twenty-five times. Yeah. So, like, one, like, it wasn't just they were getting open. It's that, like, the quarterback was putting the ball out there for them. I don't, I don't know if that uh, was so much part of, of Donovan Smith's game. Like, we, one of the big things we heard as a knock against Shuck is he didn't, he doesn't throw it over the middle. Donovan Smith may only throw it over the middle because the outside receivers just weren't there. Or at least when he was, you know, uh, starting for the starting as quarterback, this game, I mean, he hit, you know, nine nine receptions to Cleveland, eight to Bradley, eight to White, Um, and those are your three leading targets. uh, Fifteen targets to trade Cleveland, ten for Bradley, ten for White. Um, Thompson, Sergeant Thompson had six. Nehemiah Martinez had four, and like you know, just a a couple others. Um. But man, like the outside receivers burst back onto the scene. <laughs> it feels when you get a quarterback yeah. that's, uh has the arm talent and strength and confidence that Morton did. Um, you know, if, if you follow Gambling Gaucho's, Kyle put together a, a quick thread on, on some of the, the more impressive reads and throws from Morton. And two of them, I, I even tweeted as we're going through the game, like he had two of those passes on the first drive that I was literally like, oh shit <laughs> that throw like was just beyond impressive. Like the one when he was on the run to his right hit Bradley, like on his way out of bounds, like yes. that, that that ball was out of bounds. It was only like Bradley or nobody was catching it, but it was still within Bradley's radius to catch it. And then the touchdown, even more nuance where he was waiting for, uh, I think it was Xavier white because he he ran a a post route, he got the safety to commit or just step more towards the middle of the field and then turned his shoulders and hit Bradley behind the defense where only Bradley could catch the ball. It was Bradley or nobody. Like it wasn't a jump ball that he just like, here, go get it, which they did that a few times. But some of the more impressive throws weren't just like, oh, that was a good jump ball or it was a good fade or whatever. It was like he moved to safety with his eyes and his shoulders and then found the open receiver behind the defense and put it where nobody else could catch it. It It's fantastic.
1: I I enjoyed getting to see it because, um, you know, I I came, I think last week I predicted 42-28. So I was pretty close. And even predicting that, you're checking the score on your phone and you're like, oh man, wow, tech's up seven, seven nothing. They and then you find out later, not only are they up seven nothing, but they won the toss and elected to get the ball first. And put the freshman who hadn't started a game out there immediately and then Morton, on the field. Yeah, I was getting notifications on my watch actually. And so it was B. Morton touchdown pass to Bradley. Look, what? Morton's in. I didn't even know that was happening. I was completely off the grid last week, just about and so, uh, you know, to come in and see that, there, there's obviously some some hiccups in the offense that we'd have to address. Uh, I don't care. I mean, I do care. It, it it doesn't bother me that the tight ends weren't as involved this week. That's something that we've been seeing lately, but I think that was just by design, based on who's throwing the passes. So, you know, Teeter only with one catch, Tharp with one, Cup with one. Seven. So They're, they're just i was
2: gonna say seven total targets between them, and ten yards. Oh, no, yeah. eight
1: yards. So it, they weren't obviously weren't a focus, or just maybe not part of Morton's game, or they just have different game plans and and try to attack things differently each week. But it was nice to see the return of the wide receivers. But uh, it was not nice to see the return of the of the timeout after a kickoff, which no to it's, open the
2: game it was worse than um, yeah but i say worse than that yeah. first possession they they kicked the ball off and hadn't even taken the field yet and yeah. and th- th- there were several times in the game where i don't know if it was intentional or what but it was mostly on defense i noticed that the texas tech team was extremely slow to take the field like yes and at one point it actually benefited texas tech because um they, they, the officials were holding the ball not lo- allowing Oklahoma State to snap it for so long, they got a delay of game waiting on us to take the field. I've never yes. seen that the, that actually work out in our favor. It's usually been Texas Tech been sitting there waiting. They finally move out of the way with one second to go. It's like, we don't have time to read the defense or get anything, anybody, you know, whatever. But yeah, like for whatever reason, the team was slow off, off the sideline. Starting with the very first possession of the game, you're like, like th- that happened you're like oh crap! Like, yeah, this is a I know. terrible start. And then you 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 run the ball in the first play, and you lose three yards. Like, all right, well, then, here then we you go.
1: execute what you think is a perfect onside kick, and then they get the ball at your own thirty-six or whatever. Yeah, because it was it the was, thirty-four the, yard line.
2: <laughs> like I I I hate I hate that that was a penalty and, and such a big penalty too for oh, kick catch interference, like. Super, super heads up and clever on on the the recovery team to call for a fair catch because I I think even in the rules the ball is allowed to hit the ball, hit the ground once and still and still have a, a fair catch. Uh, okay, I was wondering play. about
1: that. Yeah, I didn't know what the rules were on that. But
2: the ball didn't hit the ground uh, and it was mm-hmm. straight up in the air and had and you know they they caught him off guard just a little bit more and he didn't call for the fair catch. Man, Kobe Miner with that impressive. Just grabbing the ball out of the air to recover it—that would have been fantastic. It gets you back on the field and get the momentum flowing. But <sighs> he called for a fair catch. Then you get the kick, catch interference, which I—I I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. that's a thing. I, I understand like you can call a fair catch, um, and then you know give them. Well, I, I guess you can't give them possession. Um, I don't know. I I I just hate everything about that rule because you can't they guaranteed Oklahoma state possessed the ball, even though like you can call it for a fair catch and still muff it and have it be a turnover. But with the oh, foul, sure. yeah, with the foul, it was like, they guaranteed them possession of the ball. I was like, that's, that's not how that works.
1: It's just yeah, part of the and rule.
2: And I, I, I just hate it.
1: I was, I was completely impressed. And I know I'm kind of bouncing around all over the place. So, oh, so am I. <laughs> we'll, we'll just, we'll just kind of touch on all these points as just as they show up, uh, but just to kind of go back on to mental toughness, which is something we've we've uh, attempted to talk to talk about every week. And to see your team go on the road with the third string, red shirt, freshman quarterback, top ten team, pretty salty environment, great environment in Stillwater. Um, be aggressive, score on the first drive. Get an onside kick, which I it, I do not. Uh, because of all the things I just mentioned, I don't hate that. You mm-hmm. know, probably had Wells done it, we probably would have thrown up in our mouths. But there's something about this staff. I kind of trust them a little bit more, even though it didn't work out. I, I didn't hate it. Um, but then, you know, to, to have that onside kick be executed, what you felt like was so perfectly to only give up, you know, just give your defense horrible field position, Oklahoma state scores in two plays all of a sudden games tied again. And I don't even know if 13 minutes has shown up on the clock yet. So to go through all that and talk about being aggressive and hoping to be up 14 zero before Oklahoma state even sees the ball, this team still stuck with it. Kept them out of the end zone for almost two full quarters. I think, I think it was the most, I think it was all of the second and then right till, uh, uh, no, I think I'm getting that mixed up, but anyway, the, the defense really was able to, you know, just to force them to kick field goals and they have a great field goal kicker. So that doesn't really pan out all the time, but just the mental toughness of this team, I don't think you could really question it, what they were able to do on the road, uh, you know, took this game down to the wire. Oklahoma State didn't take the lead for good until 34-31 with three seconds left in the third quarter. I mean, Tech was in it. And so that that was something that I kind of, going back and watching the game, it almost frustrated me more because Tech was so in it. They were so close. And, and there were so many areas where, just on those, you know, in the fourth quarter especially, that it just felt like, if things had gone just slightly different or maybe a play call had gone slightly different uh, tech would have walked out there winning even with a banged up Morton. And I think a healthy Morton, I'm, I'm with you. I'm trying not to be uh, too scarlet colored on, on that. But I think with a healthy Morton, it's a, it's a win. I can pretty confidently say it would be, uh, but I mean, a lot of things just kind of went weird. In this game, you know, as good as the special teams were, they also had an illegal formation, which was on a 36 yard punt anyway. So you're already starting with a crappy punt and there just were not enough men on the line of scrimmage. So how does that ever happen? How does that illegal formation ever happen on a punt team? You know, everybody's got to put. Just, just know, just know how to do that. Uh, I think there were a couple missed goals. Like I've said before, the I don't one. get as upset. Yeah, just one. I, I don't as get upset about as upset about those. It was a forty-plus yarder. If I own it, it was a doink too. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't. My phone doesn't tell me it's a doink, and so I don't feel as bad. It's not like the score app updates me on my Fitbit. It's like, hey, Trey Wolf doinked a forty-two yarder. I'm just like, oh, he missed one. Well, you know that happens. Yeah. But when and, you see, when you see the doink, you're like, oh, okay. All right. Well, that's, that's really stinks, but, uh, it's not like it was 30 feet to the left or something.
2: Yeah. And, and the, there were several people on Twitter saying that you should get extra points for hitting an upright because it's even yeah. smaller than the zone you have to put the ball through. Yeah. Just say so you
1: called it. Yeah. I mean, I think the Arkansas kicker that <laughs> hit the, the top of the field goal post, I, I think they should immediately just end the game. If you, if you, hit the top of the go post, your team wins. That's it. Um, I I didn't know for sure. Let's see. uh, We'll we'll stick with the offense a little bit. I was frustrated with the last few drives they were able to put together. um,
2: Well, the second half, I mean, it it was that they started off the second half with a touchdown. And then that was the last point they scored was the first possession they had in the third quarter. It was punt interception, punt,
1: Downs, downs, downs. Yeah. And I mean, but the defense still worked a couple of three and outs or, you know, got some punts in there, got the ball back to them. Uh, I think the fourth quarter tech got the ball with about 12 minutes left, was doing a decent job, um, got to a fourth and one. And I think I saw 13 personnel, Spencer, on that fourth and one. I swear I saw three tight ends out there. Including Teeter as a lead blocker on the left side, but Thompson got stopped short. Um, I get why they were being creative on these fourth and short calls. There, there was another one. Um, let's see. It was a little bit further down. That uh, they got really creative on it, and it 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 burned them. Um, I think they had a left guard pulling. Across the uh, you know where the across the center and he was supposed to block a guy from the right who came in untouched and then of course because he went right through the guard and the tackle a, as by design like the guard and the tackle purposefully ignored him and hoped that the left guard would come around through and get him. But of course it's two moving targets going against each other. So he just did a slight juke, our left guard completely whiffed on him and then he tackled our running back in the, in the backfield. So it'd be just stuff like that. I know they were trying to get creative to move the ball against this, this front seven, but it wasn't working. Um, I I just kind of wish they would have done more of a normal run on that and just tried to have the right guard and the right tackle actually block that uh, left defensive end instead of, you know, having your left guard come over and try to do it three seconds later. Um, but just some of that stuff was, was frustrating. I mean, I, I think I don't want to call out, I'm not going to say his name cause it doesn't matter, but third and I mean, it, it matters, but I'm not trying to anyway, I'm not trying to just pick on somebody, but, uh, there was a, a receiver that came in on a third and seven. who really hadn't played much at all this year. Mm, I don't know who you're talking about. And it was on, Oh, tech's second to last offensive drive. And, uh, Morton threw a, a dime directly to him, but I swear that it was a hook route and the receiver rolled to the right when he should have rolled to the left. And if he'd have rolled to the left left, he probably would have caught it. And so I just, there's stuff like that that I felt like if, if there would have been a more experienced receiver at that position running that route, that might have worked. Who knows? Maybe Morton had it wrong. But that was, uh, you know, right before a fourth and seven where Oklahoma State only rushed four. all four of them just completely whipped our O-line's ass, uh, you know, somehow two, the two of the defenders that came through blocked themselves in the backfield so that. Morton could actually break three and try to make, try to make a play. He got a pass to Martinez and it went right through Martinez's hands, but also, you know, it was just kind of a prayer. So I'm not blaming Martinez either, but it's just one of those so close kind of what ifs. I mean, the play design, I didn't really care for that much because it looked like there were only two receivers that were even at the, at or beyond the first down line. Most of them, you know, if if they would have caught it, they would have been immediately tackled and, you would have gotten three yards on a fourth and seven. So I'm not sure what the route running thought process was there, but Martinez was, I think beyond the sticks and Morton just about had him and Martinez just about made an incredible play on it, but um, it was not meant to be. So you see stuff like that. when you watch it a few days later, even though in the score and you kind of think, Oh man, tech was, they were really in this. They were really fighting in this. Um, a better than I thought. Cause I knew the discrepancy of the first and second half stats. I knew how much things changed. Uh, you know, there's that play where they roughed Morton, which they totally did in that targeting play that luckily I guess would have been a safety had that not happened. I think it would have been a safety, but they rushed seven Oklahoma state rushed seven incredible. And just to see them do that and to see it be that effective, and I know that they're shooting themselves for the targeting penalty on that, but man, that defense is tough. Um, And so, okay, real quick, before I get off that train of thought too much, I did kind of want to circle back to, you know, last week we talked about tackles for loss sacks, QB hurries, all that kind of good stuff. So Oklahoma state came into this, they were averaging, let's see let's see eight tackles for loss per game well on saturday they had 14 yeah <laughs> and that was good for 43 yards they averaged 33 or so um oh my gosh nope that's even worse that's how much tech allows okay oklahoma state gets 9.2 tackles per loss tackles for loss per game at about 29 yards per game. So still above their average. Uh, They usually get four sacks. They nailed that. And I was going to look up hurries, but I couldn't find how many they had. But anyway, they had 12 quarterback hurries on Saturday. So it's, it's about like what we expected it to be. Uh, I I'm really impressed with how tech was able to move the ball on this offense. And I think a lot of that is credit to how quick Morton was able to make those decisions and find those guys. But man, just to come down to it on the last in that fourth quarter um, you know, I really felt that there were, there were points left on the board and you know, even the second quarter right before halftime, I think that was right when Morton got banged up that tech had the ball on first and goal. And, you know, they pass to a sideline, no gain, handoff to Thompson, who I swear cut the wrong direction, no gain. And then Smith comes in out of nowhere mm-hmm. and gets that pass batted down, nothing. And so then they kick a field goal when they could have gone up 27-20 at halftime instead of 20 or 28-20 at halftime. I mean, just so many what ifs, but there's, there's work to be done obviously uh, the O-line has its work cut out for them, but I don't think they're going to see a defensive front quite like this the rest of the year. No, not at all. Maybe the rest of their careers, you know, possibly, you know, the West Virginia has got some, some guys that are really formidable, but not, not all of them, not all seven of them. Or, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's incredible what they've put together up in Stillwater.
2: Yeah. So again, I, I just go back and say, um, assuming Baron Morton can be can be healthy going into the West Virginia game, I would lose my mind if anybody else is starting. Um, I mean, and and yeah, I I assume you know the the coaching staff could could protect themselves like, well, Morton wasn't he wasn't right, he had, his leg wasn't back yet or whatever to try to defend why they went back to somebody else, but. Like how how would you how would you, like, with any any ounce of mental integrity, defend playing anybody else besides Brandon Morton after what you saw on Saturday? I don't know if you can. He was he was that good when healthy. He was that good. He was stepping up and avoiding pressure. Um, you know his his time to hurry clock was working. Whereas one of the biggest things that we, we we talked about with Donovan Smith. His pocket presence just wasn't there. Um, you know, he didn't feel the rush, or you know, was a, was a beat late to deciding it's time to go. Um, he was accurate on the run where Donovan Smith, I don't think, was looking to throw the ball w- w- once he was moving. Um, that that keep that Morton had and and, and took the ball in for the the rushing touchdown. Yeah, I yeah. don't know if Smith would have made that same play. Um, like he he's just hes just that much quicker and, and several different aspects that release Morton he can get the ball out of his hands like that dude the, yeah. the, there was a guy who was like a professional or I don't know air courts professional but there was like a, a quarterback coach who said man Morton's got one of the fastest releases I've ever seen and he yeah. he, he gave his, his perspective was like I coach these guys and that's as fast as, as you're going to get that sidearm stuff out to the sideline, I loved it. There were several plays he had to do it. He had to drop the angle yeah. down because there was a, a rush coming in that would have that was between he and the intended receiver. Like he had to throw it around the guy.
1: That's what makes um, me wonder if he'd have been in that one play that Smith came in. If they might have scored a touchdown right before halftime. Because uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not here to dog Smith, especially when the guy just was given one pass to throw. So that's not a very big sample size, uh, but that defender obviously was just right there, and there's a chance Morton of could have gotten it around him. But I, I think the the staff saw what. I'm, okay, that's going to sound like I'm going to give us too much credit, but I think the staff saw what most of us saw coming into this game is that this is there's probably several NFL players on this defensive front. And to have a chance, they've got to have someone who can make a decision quick. And if it's the wrong decision, okay, so be it. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. they were just – they needed someone who could make the decision quick, get rid of the ball quick, and they felt that Morton was their best shot this week. And I think they were right. Uh, That Going into West Virginia, I don't think – um, as much as I'd like to see more Shuck just because I'm curious. I'm curious what he's able to do. I'm just so worried about him getting hurt again. And I don't want them to pin all their, you know, the, the last half of their season on a guy who's just had awful luck. It's not his fault. Can I say something that's, that's, that's probably awful? <laughs> yeah, of course you can.
2: Having seen how good Morton is, I'm actually less worried about putting Shuck in and him getting hurt again. Okay. So like I'm more, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'd be okay if they put Shuck in and if he unfortunately got hurt again, it was like, well, we're going back to Morton who I know is pretty dang good.
1: It's <sighs> terrible. That is a terrible <laughs> thing to say. I, I just, I, I am, uh, you know, these last six games, all six are winnable. Mm hmm. Every single one of them is winnable. Tech has a chance. Four of them are at home. When was the last time we've had such a backloaded schedule to have that many home games? So, I I mean, I'm fine with whoever they trot out, but I do think I would, at this point, based off what I saw Saturday, be a little disappointed if someone other than Baron Morton came out against the Mountaineers. Assuming that he's healthy, yeah. Assuming that he's healthy, I mean, you're totally right. I, there's no telling. I I thought his knee got banged up too. I I just feel made, like the guy really just got hammered. Yeah, well, and I, I was a little surprised how quickly he bounced up from from the targeting hit. Yeah, because um, that, that was too. bad. It was it. Yeah. It was one of those that didn't look that bad quickly, but then even the um, <laughs> the color guy calling the game was like mid sentence. Oh, I take it back. Everything I said that was textbook targeting. Oh man. Yeah. And,
2: and then they, they went to the rules and it's just like, yeah, this is pretty textbook. Like they're, they're going to eject
1: this guy. <laughs> yeah. It, it really didn't look that bad or that egregious and it, but I'm and I'm sure, you know, I'm not going to give the defensive player too much crap for it stuff happens and stuff happens fast, but yeah, that was, that was textbook, man. And I, I'm glad he popped up too. I didn't know if he was going to, we were going to see Smith the next play or what, because I didn't know if that would be a concussion type thing or. Anyway, yeah. And that I, I that I was, wouldn't... that was hard. I was hard to watch to, to see how much he got beat up, even knowing how much whoever was going to play quarterback was going to be Hurried and rushed and pressured and everything this week—it just still wasn't fun to experience it. And 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 maybe that also played
2: into the coaching staff's decision to to start Morton. He's like, well, Smith has not been great about eluding uh, uh, pressure. He's not supremely quick. Yeah. So, like, if we're going to go against one of the best defensive fronts all year, we're we're going to need a quarterback that's going to be able to move and make decisions quickly. You know, we we may take some lumps, but we feel like as long as if we can get the ball out of the quarterback's hands, we may have a better shot. And maybe that was, you know, Hey, Morton has a fast release. He feels a pressure better or whatever. Um, so we're going to, we're going to try that. And maybe, maybe Morton was more of like, he was a, you know, he was supremely aggressive in practice because he felt like he had to go win the job or something. And he made a lot of dumb mistakes in practice which led him to to the you know the third string spot or maybe you know it, it goes back this was a story that uh that rob and kyle were telling that they you know some media interviewed kingsbury after manzel's heisman season and they said well going in you know coming out of fall camp it was like it was a really close quarterback race between Manziel and whoever it was that backed him up like, like, couldn't even remember who the guy's name was. We didn't know how good he was because practice didn't didn't simulate what we'd see in a game. So the what made what made Manzel really good you didn't see in practice, and maybe the, the, there were similar things. Maybe what makes Morton what made him as good as he, we saw on Saturday, you just can't see that in practice. So maybe yeah. like well, actually those plays that are blown dead in practice because of pressure Morton's able to evade, you know, one step in this direction and then hit a pass on the sideline for a touchdown where in practice that play is blown dead.
1: Or yeah. It, it doesn't, and it, it resets everything. It doesn't give his receivers a chance to correct and go, okay, all right, I'm going to roll this way with you. Like Martinez did on that fourth and seven, I mentioned earlier, they were, obviously communicating because you know morton pointed to him and said it's coming to you and they were rolling the same direction together i mean that that type of stuff if you don't get to see that in practice because they're going to blow that dead too so that's that's a good thought
2: well it wasn't mine i was um ripping that off from the the gauchos which i'm hey you're you're crediting it there's there's no rip-offs here i'm one to do so um like i said hopefully head knee leg whatever all all the above you've got some time to rest uh, recuperate, get back on the field, get ready to go for West Virginia. Uh, I think that game's certainly winnable. You know, here at home, um, you're according to FBI, it's one of your biggest, uh, most favorite, heaviest favorite left on the schedule. FBI gives you a sixty three point three percent chance here. Um, your next best or one above that is is Kansas at 65.1 um, and then Oklahoma at 53. So you just want to see everybody healthy. And I, you know, I I, I will eat crow and say like, man, uh, Baron Morton did not look like a third string quarterback. And I know that like all the people that have been calling for him to start like, well, we thought he'd be this good. No, but it's okay <laughs> because – he was really dang good. And I'm 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 excited. It's like I I don't want to just completely ignore Shuck and be like, hey man, thanks, but no thanks. But like the get ready for the future, if it's gonna start that good now, then yeah, let's go ahead and get ready for the future. Let's go ahead and, and roll with Morton. Because uh, I, I when people said that I, I just kind of in my mind set it up as like we're going to get ready for the future. We're going to lose some games that we probably could have won just to possibly win more games next season. I I, I didn't really understand or get down with that kind of logic, but you can get ready for the future and still have a really good chance, if not the best chance at winning
1: by playing this guy. So yeah, if he's playing like this the rest of the the year with the six you know your schedule turned out to be pretty top heavy this year. So especially if OU's kind of we don't know what they are yet, it's it's a it's a good opportunity. I've never been that guy. I've said that on this podcast. I hate it. It doesn't make sense to me for someone after someone throws a bad pass against Murray State to all of a sudden say, well, well, we might as well just roll with Morton the rest of the way and take her lumps. I'm like, you, no, no, that's that's bad idea. You don't want to go one and eleven just to take lumps. Um, but if the Morton that we saw in Stillwater is who he is and, and who he continues to be, I don't know if we're going to take that many lumps. I think it'll uh, put Tech in a fair position to win some games and mm-hmm. catch some people off guard. It's going to get our wide receivers more involved again, hopefully. Uh, hopefully open up the running game against uh, again when we're not facing future pro bowlers on the line. Well, So and, you say that, though, but Texas Tech – Netted, or sorry, uh is it net? anyway Anyways,
2: it was that they had 190 positive rush yards before sacks. So they were able to run the ball at a fairly decent clip, almost 200 yards in the ground before taking out sacks. And I know that's, that's that's cherry picking, but still against a defensive front, they were like, man, this is going to be pretty salty. And then when you, when you kind of kind of remove the quarterback, you know, true, not true. I, I, I keep saying true freshman redshirt freshman first start on the road. You remove some of those sacks like, well, actually, man, 200 yards on the ground. is pretty good.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, you're, you're right. But then the 14 tackles for a loss is bad. And yeah, well, and, and the 12 quarterback
2: hurries and the nine passes broken up and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. All that stuff's bad. Uh Right. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of, I could be swayed into the way the schedule is breaking. If if he's able to continue playing, I, I would be leaning into kind of that same camp that I railed against much earlier this season of, well, let's just hand him the keys and see what happens. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Because you've got
2: West Virginia at home, Baylor at home, TCU on the road, Kansas at home, Iowa State on the road, Oklahoma at home.
1: Yeah. If if he went and performed that well in Stillwater, he can do that at Iowa State. Hope so.
2: Yep. All right. Uh, I, I know we talked about giving a, a quick recap on the game 50 minutes later. Uh, we're <laughs> we're going to look at the rest of the Big 12 really quick, at least this week. Um, Baylor at West Virginia Thursday night initial thoughts on this, Michael, are, are you intrigued? Are you interested to go, to go turn this game on FS one, six o'clock?
1: Absolutely. It's a big 12 game. I'm, I will be watching. Okay. It's Thursday night, six o'clock. Like you said, uh, yeah, I, I don't know who Baylor is yet. And West Virginia has confounded me. Now they were both off this past week, I believe right to get up for this mm-hmm. Thursday kickoff. So we'll see what they have been able to, uh, learn in their bye week but oh yeah I'll, i will definitely be watching this one i'll probably have a little bit of fake action on it as well just to just to keep things interesting well yeah
2: and especially considering that these are your next two opponents too
1: yes yeah we'll, we'll learn a little bit more because that you know the west virginia games the only two i've really watched this year was Pitt, which was a fantastic game and- which was a great game. And then, uh, that Virginia tech game where Virginia tech just decided to really suck at football and get penalties every third down that way, West Virginia could move the ball. So those are the only, my only exposure to the, to the Mountaineers. So I'll definitely be watching. I'll be scouting, you know, I'll be, I'll be checking them out
2: now without the Jalen Daniels, uh, injury, this game, Kansas at Oklahoma would have been a lot more interesting given the same results. Uh, Kansas taking their first loss in the season at home versus TCU close. Uh, then Oklahoma coming off that blowout to Texas.
1: Could Did see this, not see that coming?
2: Could see this going either way The like, uh, you know, I blanked on his name. Head coach, Oklahoma, Brent Venables. Venables. Like he gets them all fired up. Like, Hey, you guys were absolutely embarrassed. Here's a chance to go back and write the ship. Like they could come out and just on fire and just, pound Kansas or if it's close, you could like, man, like Kansas State kind of broke Oklahoma and TCU piled on and Texas just ripped the band-aid off and tore open the wound. Man, I don't know. It 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 could get ugly. The only like the only way this really like anything, any result helps Oklahoma is if they just absolutely bury Kansas. And it's unfortunately a possibility. Because of Daniels's injury, um, Iowa State at Texas.
1: Inter- I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Those are always good. Those are always good games between these two. Yeah. I don't know how, especially. I think they're even better up in Ames. Uh, but yeah, this 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 will be pretty good. I, I like that it's on. I don't like it. I guess I know why it's on ABC, but because it's Texas. Uh, but uh, I don't think. Tech got to play Texas on ABC so that kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. It was ESPN. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested my mom to see couldn't the watch.
2: What the hell? Interested to see the Iowa State defense on the road there against Quinn Ewers. Um and then back-to-back games on ABC, Oklahoma State at TCU at 2:30. Could also be really interesting. Does does the TCU offense come down to your earth or do we see kind of like a game that we saw against um, this past week with Texas tech that they're able to move the ball and is is assuming Duggan stays healthy, that uh, it's going to be more of a shootout.
1: Yeah. I I think I would take the over in this game, whatever it is, unless it's like 79, then i still might be tempted, but that Oklahoma state offense is no joke. And the fact that tech was able to hold them to so many field goals was pretty impressive. And, you know, Spencer Sanders is playing just well enough to, to win some games. He's, he's mobile when he needs to be. I think he threw all of 26 passes last week. So, um, well, he, they don't ask him to do a ton, he th- but he, he does. Threw,
2: he threw 45, but completed 22. Oh, okay. Okay. But he had, I'd so it be. was maybe, it was maybe his completion percentage is under 50%. Yeah. But he still That's hit almost 300 yards. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he hit some, he hit some pretty open guys. Um, but TCU, I haven't seen any TCU football this this year. Somehow, I've just completely missed all their games. We, so I'll try to watch them on Saturday. We watched the first hour uh, in, the, in the
2: in the in studio on Saturday as Rob and I were doing the, the the pregame show. Um, they they were were tussling with Kansas. It was it was close even before the in- injury. Uh, speaking of injuries, Shuck McGuire said. Like I, guess I I guess I already kind of touched on this, McGuire. Uh, indicated that Shuck would be evaluated Monday, uh, West Virginia week, whether or not he would be cleared to go. Um, I don't know how much he's been practicing. I would assume very little, if, if any, at all. He did hear he was throwing some, um, but you're probably not going to come in from an injury, for, you know, being off for six weeks and then be game ready in just a few days. So I would assume if he is actually cleared, uh, that we still wouldn't see him on Saturday. Um, unless, you know, Morton and Smith are just still banged up and unready or just 70% or whatever it is. All right, so there is no game this week. Obviously, we do want to come back on a couple of uh, key stats, uh, update everybody on on how the offense is doing. Um, I think now that what we've seen from – From Morton, and then the little bit of Shuck before he his injury, the low yards per pass attempt. I really think that's a Donovan, like that's an indication of Donovan Smith's skills and and where his his comfort level was with with throwing the ball, than it was uh, the Kittley offense. Uh, Right now, it's sitting just over seven yards per attempt, three hundred sixty five yards per game. Rushing yards is is taken up almost one hundred twenty yards a game at three and a half yards per carry. If you want to take out the the loss of sack yards, you ran for more than four and a half yards per carry last week against Oklahoma State. That'll, that'll win you games. Your third down conversion percentage is, is dropping. Um, you wish it was higher. It's only at 34%, uh, and then you're scoring just over 34 points per game.
1: I do wonder if the third down is affected slightly because four down territory is – Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's everywhere. (laughs) It's everywhere. It's like West Texas. It's just everywhere. So I don't know if, if that affects that at all. I, I'm curious about that.
2: Maybe I I start, start combining the third and fourth down conversion. Okay. Yeah. That might be worth looking at defensively. Texas tech giving up 221 passing yards per game, 7.4 yards per attempt that ticked up a little bit after facing Sanders and his, Propensity to hit the deep ball, uh, giving up 146.5 yards per game. That obviously ballooned after the Kansas State game. It's kind of held up a little bit. 4.1 yards per carry. And you're allowing teams to convert 33.3% on third down, giving up 29.8 points per game. You wish that were a little bit lower. Um, that probably will start to come down with West Virginia, Baylor, Kansas. An Iowa State left four of the games on, on your schedule left. Maybe even Oklahoma, really only concerned about the uh, the, the TCU offense or if Kansas is able to get Daniels back. That that number kind of remaining higher. Um coming from your 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 roughest five-game stretch of the season, uh, I, I would expect all these numbers to to now start to improve throughout the rest of the season. Um the, the stats from the the TechStech Tech offensive line, defensive line. Michael, do, do, do you feel like we we cover that in our recap yes. from Oklahoma State? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good with that. Okay, we were <laughs> want to make sure that we we touched on that, and then looking at it, it was like, yeah, we we actually did talk about um, that. I, I did mention some of the uh, the FPI projections or the updated ones uh, before the game on on Thursday. West Virginia, like I said earlier, sixty three point three. Baylor, you're you're still kind of hovering. In The high thirties. It opened at thirty-eight point nine percent. Right now, it's at thirty-seven. Uh, in terms of you know Texas Tech win percentage, TCU has is, is dropped quite a bit from when it opened at thirty-six point nine. It's now at twenty-three point seven. Kansas dropped quite a bit, but uh, we'll see how that how that kind of holds with the Daniels injury. Sixty-five point one. Iowa State uh, has continued to trend upwards a little bit in, in favor of Texas Tech. Opened at twenty-eight point two one of your lowest um, possibilities on the season uh, now up to 35.1 and Oklahoma went from 28 now up to 53. Um, but I would like to point out, you know, even with FPI not being in your favor, um, NC state was at 32.4 and that was, you know, I mean, i was gonna say fairly close, but Texas 19.6, you ended up winning that game. Um, Kansas State, 31.2. You felt like you had a great shot to win that game. Oklahoma State, 22.9. You had a lead late in that game. So even if they're significantly below 50% uh, with the way this team has been playing and get some of the toughest competition on, on the schedule, I feel like you know, you're know you you're pretty close to being uh, favored in, in a lot of your games moving forward.
1: Yeah, and we've got a we did our preseason pred- predictions and everything. And so the two of us, I was going to
2: skip over this, Michael, but, Oh,
1: no, well, no, no, no. I wasn't going to go. I mean, <laughs> I will, I will, I will gloat slightly, but, uh, it boils down to you and I both had tech at three and three at this point. And then we have them going four and two to finish the year. Now we didn't pick the exact same games for that to happen, but, You and I, have I mean, and I think I'm kind of shifting a little bit. You know, I I had Tech, uh, you know, losing to Oklahoma and losing to Baylor. And now I don't know. I mean, it may be more possible that they win either of those. You know, maybe they win one of those and go five and one or something. I I have no idea. But you and I both were kind of thinking four and two before the season. I'm still there just because – the Big 12 is so competitive and it's so close. Uh, you know, Tech could drop one to TCU because Tech's got, you know, TCU's a lot better than I thought they were going to mm-hmm. be or than I wanted them to be. Uh, so, I mean, I'm still going to stick with four and two. Would you change yours? And, and you don't have to go game by game, but just would you change that four and two for the last six games based off what you know now?
2: You know, I, I'd probably stick with four and two, but I would change the games how they go. Um, my, my I, 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 quickly, I'll, I'll go through game by game. I had Texas Tech winning the next four and then losing the last two. I would probably flip TC and Oklahoma at this point and say that you yeah. dropped that one in, in, in Fort Worth, but win at home at o- or versus Oklahoma. Still going forward in two. Um, I, the way that Texas Tech played on the road against a really good defense at Oklahoma State gives me a little more confidence about that road game to Ames, but it is November. Uh, it is a little bit different of a defense. Um outside, I mean, your 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 toughest games left are probably going to be Baylor and TCU. So maybe you lose those two, but win the rest? I don't know, man. Um Yeah. yeah. I I do like I like I said I I do like your your chances the rest of the games out. Uh if you're playing the way that you you played the first half of the season.
1: Yeah. And in Kansas, of course, with Daniel out or we'll see, that's not a guarantee either, even though it's at home, you know, that's not a guarantee if he's able to come back because that's a month away. So depending on what kind of injury it is, uh, a college kid can do a lot of rehabilitation in a month. And so they might be able to, he may debut 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 out, uh, in here in Lubbock, if he has to sit out for a few weeks to, to get healthy again.
2: Yeah, and, and it, it, if you look it up, at least from today, um, there are conflicting reports about the severity of his shoulder injury. Um, one outlet said the, the, he had a, a shoulder separation, that's what it was, Oof. and that, that Oof. with th- where we're at in the season could be a season-ending injury. But even if it's not season ending, like season ending, if it's still that severe, maybe four weeks is not going to be enough for him to be back and be fully healthy or ready to go. Or maybe it is. Maybe it's not that severe. But yeah, definitely has some time to to figure all that out uh, and get healthy, or you know, be declared out the rest of the way. And you know, uh, Kansas roll with Bean, who's not a slouch at quarterback. He wasn't bad. He was the one that was leading them at the end of last year.
1: Had the offense. Yeah, I mean they they still almost pulled it off. Yeah. All right.
2: Uh, let's wrap this up with what we learned. And then uh, I'd say get you ready for the game this weekend, but get you ready for the Big 12 slate. Uh, get you ready for a weekend to catch up on chores or <laughs> events or whatever it is that's going, got going on that won't have you glued to a Texas Tech game. So let's wrap this up. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, well, I wish I had said wrap this up better and not wrap this up, but I do want to ask you, how was, uh, how was Orlando? How was universal?
1: It was good. Okay. So I went there for a conference that was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then my wife joined me on Wednesday and then we hit up universal Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, we did not take our five year old cause she's in kindergarten this was all supposed to happen last year. So before everybody's like, why didn't you take your your kid to Universal? Like, well, we're, the conference got pushed back a year. We were going to take her when she was in preschool, but we didn't feel good about taking her out of kindergarten. And we also know knew it was Universal instead of Disney. So we didn't feel as guilty. If it was Disney, we wouldn't have done that because I think she would have. There's too many characters she knows at Disney. Uh, but universal, man, that was, that was fun. It's the most walking I've ever done in my life. <laughs> um, How many steps a day do you get? Oh, let's see. I got it. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll pull it up as I'm talking, but, uh, it's kind of related to what you're talking about next. Um, cause you're, you're going to go into a little bit of a you mu- topic about music, but what was so cool about Universal is they have all these different sections of the park, like Simpsons. There's the Simpsons area. There's the oh the, the area that's kind of like for San Francisco or the area that's like uh, London. And, of course, London's where they have Diagon Alley and a bunch of the Harry Potter stuff. And so everywhere you, everywhere you walk, there's different music. You walk into Jurassic Park and the whole time it's just a Jurassic Park theme. Playing in different versions, there's like Muzak versions in some of the stores. Uh, so just the music is everywhere. Uh, you walk into Universal, and both days that we went into the Universal site, they were playing the music from Apollo 13 mm. and uh, Back to the Future. That'll 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 get you going. E.T. You know, that's playing here and there. Uh, so the, yeah, they had the hits going, but it was really cool. I I, I will I think. I know I'm kind of meandering a little bit, but the, the main thing I'll point out is the Harry Potter stuff was really neat. The, the rides, I can't even explain the rides cause they're part practical, part 3d. It's like they, they put you in the movie basically is, is what these rides do. And because I didn't know what to expect. I don't know anything about theme parks. I hadn't been to six flags in 20 something years. So that was my closest, uh, thing to it but these rides are really cool they did kind of make me sick (laughs) make me nauseous at least but i I did enjoy the harry potter stuff a lot and butterbeer butterbeer is delicious in all shapes and forms. you can get butterbeer frozen you can get it in an ice cream you can get it in fudge you can get it hot or you can get it cold and it is delicious in all in all shapes and forms so we're we're already looking up mock recipes to try to figure out how to make our butter beer. If you, if you have any butter beer recipes, the DMS are open (laughs) at Michael underscore LBK. We are very interested in this. I think as much as we enjoyed all the forms of it, the hot butter beer might've been the most satisfying because it's just basically kind of like a latte, but not, A latte, if that makes any sense. Got a latte? Not not a latte. A latte, but not a latte? So, okay, my steps. Let's see. Uh, Day one was 14,000. Day two was 18. Day three was 12. It was a light day. (laughs) 12,000 steps. That's a lot for a guy that works in an office.
2: Yeah, no, i'd 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 be i'd be feeling it too, man.
1: Anyway, that's what I learned. Universal, pretty cool, pretty cool hang. We'll probably try to go back sometime. Uh, see what else, see what other trouble we can get into.
2: What'd you learn? I learned some of the music that we grew up listening to, Michael. Mm. And I say we more generational than. Uh, you and I, because I, I, you and I have different musical tastes, and I, I, I can get down and enjoy country and Texas country and red dirt stuff. You can get down with the sickness, but that that is more of like what I listened to <laughs> in high school. I, well, I was a little more. God, our um, locker room blared that. or just country absolutely was just, blared that. It was like last on, on my list uh of, of everything else, but. There is, a, uh, there is a Gen Zer out there spewing some some nonsense, and I, I wanted to bring attention to it. A fellow Text Tech podcast host, Tristan McGonigal, over there for Talking Tech Podcast, says Blink 182 is the most overrated rock band of this century. It's pure teenager music. Are, are we beefing? Are we beefing with Tristan? We, we, we maybe know. Okay. <laughs> Cause, cause here. The,
1: okay, uh, let me the, start off. The, let me start off. I'm not. The I'm not two really sentences. In there. Yeah. The two
2: sentences <laughs> are are diametrically opposed. Yes, it was Teenager Music because me growing up, I was a teenager listening to that music, and it felt like it was written for me. And that was probably just because of my age. Like it was my the demographic. It felt like it was in all those teen movies that came out. I I, I, I couldn't yes. even tell you if there are teen movies now, but like. Probably. Late nineties and two thousands was an entire genre of movies that came out. It was teen movies and then it was spoofs of those teen movies. Uh like a couple years later, like scary movie. Oh my gosh, irreverent and just nasty but hilarious. Stuff like that. My germs. Um sorry, that that, that threw me off. So like yeah, like sick reference. <laughs> I need to put that in the in the Discord. Um, Blink One most overrated rock band. It's because you didn't grow up listening to it, Tristan. Like yeah. you, you're He's with younger.
1: You're He's with definitely younger.
2: One Direction and Maroon Five. Like th- th- those are your rock bands, man. And I'm going to tell you, man, that they don't touch Blink One Eighty Two, Boxcar Racer, Sum Forty One, Yellow Card, all the great stuff that we had. You know early 2000s alternative rock man it just it wasn't for you like it's it's not it's not for you man
1: those those um, things i will say those were never my thing I, I and i don't know was it i guess it just alt rock is that what it was yeah uh because i always kind of associated it with like like skating and stuff like tony hawk rock i don't know but it, it kind of almost seemed to have its own genre. I, I never was that into it. I didn't have like a strong opinion on it. So, I mean, but if we're beefing, I've got your back. I, I will say, if, if he'd have said something like, you know, Matchbox 20 or Goo Goo Dolls, then yeah, I, I would
2: have I <laughs> jumped one, through the
1: screen. One one uh, decade prior, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's that's where I live. So, you know, Blink-182, some 41, I mean, I remember them, but... Um, you know, and I don't I don't seek them out or anything, and like I said, I don't have a a huge take one way or the other. Like, what?
2: Let me name off some of the alternative rock bands from the two thousands and just like just bring you down this nostalgia train. Okay. White Stripes, Lincoln mm. Park, Jimmy Eat World, Gorillas, Paramore. Oh, I really liked Gorillas. Red Hot Chili Peppers, The Killers.
1: Well, they- Hang on, Red Hot Chili Peppers—that's nineties. Well, they it it it, it crossed, totally nineties. It
2: crossed into early to two thousands. Okay.
1: Yellow Card, My Chemical Romance,
2: um, Fallout Boy. Even though they're they're still kind of going, Foo Fighters.
1: Okay, that's nineties too.
2: Green Day, Nickelback 90s. was 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 for some people. It wasn't for me, but it was for some people. Coldplay still going but they were back then the all american rejects radiohead 90s and 2000s weezer man come
1: on now it's good stuff well he didn't he didn't disparage the entire 90s 2000s era of music it was just this one just one band but they were kind of like <sighs> i don't think they're overrated i think they were properly rated i mean i don't think that's like anyways they don't get the notoriety of some of the bigger bands or whatever i mean i don't think they were overrated they're just they're properly rated they're blink 182 so they started that whole thing M- maddie mateo
2: Nomeo re- replied no one is saying they're a great rock band they're saying they made up they made out to chassis in the back of their <laughs> 1999 toyota tacoma and blink 182 was playing and it was awesome and now it's super nostalgic <laughs> a response to that was how dare you it was a 99 ford <laughs> <laughs> which is even even like more close like hits closer closely more closely home. i don't know i had a 2000 ford ranger so yeah
1: there see um, i like it i i, I like the, i like the i like the beef this, i'm so out of this one because this is i i totally remember them i just wasn't that into them so enjoy it. i well, got your back though. It's probably it, like, again, like y- you were probably just I'm, a couple years too old and right.
2: he, he, he's a few years too, too young.
1: Yeah. I think that's it. Cause I'm just a little bit older than you. What? Four or five years, maybe. Um, but I'm 33. Yeah. Oh, okay. Six. Oops. Well, so, yeah. So I was out of high school when you were entering high school and, and that a lot happens in those six years. A lot of musical tastes are well, yeah. formed like, and not formed. And so, yeah,
2: that makes sense. So w- one, w- one other reply to it's not a hot take if it's obviously true. Watch out for a bunch of pushback from people in their mid to late 30s who are simultaneously <laughs> feeling nostalgic and in denial about their own age, though. That tweet defined me, and I got mad at that tweet.
1: <laughs> I was like, how that.
2: dare you say everything that's true? <laughs> You're not supposed to say the, the part out loud. Uh Yeah, Troy Bassett, uh, at RTB underscore two, I don't know, it's like ii or something, or else. I don't want to read like a Blink-188 post not at all, I think they're exactly okay when I'm feeling like reminiscing, they've got some great songs for me, for going, man, it was a simple time when, or was on in everyone's car. Anyways, alright, so, Twitter beef engaged, Tristan, I'm sure you've got terrible taste in music, especially after that, so just just prepare yourself not like he's gotta whatever (laughs) all right that'll do it for us in the 23 personal podcast um no game this week just hope everybody is able to to get healthy especially baron morton because man when he was on he looked freaking fantastic uh certainly some confidence and some just good feelings looking forward to the rest of the season For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time.
1: Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.
0: That's join M-I-D-I, dot com.